Hello and welcome to Vernacular Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. And today on this episode, we are going to talk to you about parenting and being human. Yeah, we are definitely not expert parents. Oh my we goodness, are no. young parents. We're actually doing this episode because we're not expert parents. Exactly. Yeah. We wanted to talk about parenting in the trenches and what that how that makes us better human beings. Yeah. And the whole genesis for this topic, we were sitting a couple nights ago on our sofa brainstorming topic ideas and we were thinking back to Christmas when we received a card from some dear friends who are, I don't know, about five, seven years ahead of us on the parenting journey. Their kid, their oldest kid is about five or seven years older than our oldest kid. And they wrote in their Christmas card a very nice message, something along the lines of, Zach and Sally, we love following your young, beautiful family on Instagram. It's very clear that you guys are in the trenches, but the you know, but you'll be showered with graces in years to come or something like that. And we thought it was a really beautiful note and very encouraging to young parents because we, and I think a lot of other young parents, constantly feel like we are really in the trenches and it's hard work to do. Yeah, it's do. hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel sometimes. Really is. Which is not to say that we don't like being parents. We obviously love being parents. Or that there aren't positive moments to right. you know, add to add some levity yeah. to the hardness. There are so many positive moments and we would do it all over again if we could in a heartbeat. But at the same time, it's really hard work. And sometimes it's tough as you're going through the trenches, trenches in the trenches to remember that and to keep that always before your eyes. So what does parenting, it's particularly parenting young kids, being in the trenches of parenting, what does that have to do with being human? So first, kids make us better people. And they do that because they actually help us cultivate virtues that we need to all, that all of us need to work on. Right. So I think a lot of times parents take this attitude into parenting and I do this myself sometimes. I think, okay, I have to be the best person here and I need to teach my child everything they need to know. And that's partially true, but I think you also need to have an attitude of humility going into parenting and kids are really good at keeping you humble because they will bring out all of your- The worst in you. Yeah, all of your worst faults time and time again. Yeah, the things that you think you've mastered. Oh yeah, I'm such a patient person. Right, or, oh, I'm oh, such I'm a selfless person. such a person. kind person. Yeah. Or I just give myself all the time. Well- They will reveal that to not be the case. <laughs> yeah. And in doing so, I think they can really help you work on those things. And it's not like they know they're doing this. Our four-year-old does not recognize that she is helping us be more selfless people or more patient people, but she is. And so is our two-year-old. And so in some ways is our two-month-old. Yeah. So some of the virtues that we we um, can work on as parents are selflessness, patience, temperance, kindness, humility, as you said, gratitude, justice, all of these virtues and and traits are are ones that just by parenting in the trenches, we can cultivate. And I think some of them are direct products of your children's interactions with you, and some of them are indirect. So, for example, I think that kids make you less selfless because you take care of them and you are forced to give up what would otherwise be me time taking care of yourself to take care of these other people who are not you. Uh, same thing with patients. I mean, when they disobey or they make the same mistakes over and over again, they can test your patience. And in doing so, they can build up your patience. But I also think that there's sort of an indirect way that they can help you learn those things. And I'm thinking here of something like temperance, you know, the virtue of temperance or moderation. I think by having kids, you're conscious of the fact that you're always being watched and you are forced to examine your own life in some ways and think, is this the way I want to teach my own children to live and to, and to, and to participate in life? 
yeah, I feel like there's a lot of self-examination that goes on being parent because you are being watched all the time and you want to make sure you're doing things with the right motives and setting the right example for your kids. Yeah. And you know, I I don't think that parents should beat themselves up too much because no one's perfect. And I think another thing that kids teach us is that no one is perfect. You know, that, um, everyone is flawed and that you don't need to be scrupulous about that, about your own faults. And it's actually good for kids to see their parents being imperfect. And then they need to see parents have the grace to handle their, their imperfections. So I think that's maybe the, the final virtue that kids teach parents and that parents can then model and teach kids is, is the grace to handle failure and how you handle that failure. A second way that parenting in the trenches helps us become more human is that parenting for most of us is probably one of the best ways we will ever have to make a lasting impact on another human person. I mean, if you're married, you think, oh, I'm going to change that person. No, that person is probably the way that they are going to be. And the only person who can probably change them is God. (laughs) So that's not the person that you're going to change. And friendships, you just don't see other friends or family as often as you see your kids. You are pouring into them every minute of every day when every time you're with them, you are pouring into them and you are teaching them. And so that's, that's just the best chance, the best opportunity you have to, to influence someone. And I know Sally doesn't mean to downplay the, the real effect that a spouse can have on another spouse. But I think the broader point is that with your children, you literally have an influence on them from cradle to. Yeah. When they're, they're most and most formative years. Yeah, absolutely. Most formative years. I mean, by the time you marry someone, they are pretty much, you know, who they're going to be. Right. And so with children, you have an opportunity to provide for their formation from cradle to your grave, right? Like the, the entire span of their life or the entire span of the intersection of your life and theirs, you will be in their life and will have a chance to form them. Um, and that's really a big thing to remember. And it's, it's tough to always think about that when you are in the trenches and you're uh, dealing with a four-year-old's fifth tantrum of the day. It can seem more like a burden than, Def- than an opportunity. Than an opportunity, right? yeah, yeah. But it's really important to remember that and to remember that it is an opportunity. It's an enormous responsibility. And because it's so enormous, it's not going to be easy. Like nothing that enormous is ever going to be easy. It's going to have a ton of challenges and it's going to require thousands of hours of work over the course of your lifetime But the end result is these graces that come from watching another person grow and develop and flourish. And that's the ultimate goal of parenting is to enable the human flourishing of your child. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you can control them or kind of, you know, put them through a little machine and then they just pop out the way that you want them to be. So many parents have the best of intentions for their kids. And we all know that we all get messed up by our parents and right. we're going to mess up our kids, but we at least have this opportunity to, to guide them, to show mm-hmm. them the right path and to pray that they, they take every opportunity to, to flourish. I think that's a good point too, to remember that you are not your child's destiny and no matter how good of a job you do as a parent or really how bad of a job you do that, you know, where your child ends up is not going to be 100% on you up to you yeah they have free will right and that's important to remember especially for parents who do struggle with a sort of scrupulosity where they think am i being was i as good of a parent as i could be today and then beat themselves up for that you have an opportunity every single day to re-attack the task of being a parent and try and try again and the very best you can do is your very best 
and the rest you have to leave up to God, right? Yeah. And I think it helps. I try to remember that the only person I can control in any situation is myself, my, my reactions to the situation. I can't actually ever control my child. I can't make them do whatever I want them to do or make them turn out the way that I want them to turn out. But I can only look inward and try to control and react accordingly, Right. react virtuously. Mm-hmm. So I guess that goes back to point one, that our children are going to help form these virtues in us. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, and our third point, how does, what does parenting have to do with being human and how can parenting make us more human is that kids can actually improve our marriage. For those parents that are married to each other, having kids and parenting those kids together improves your marriage. It can. I mean, it can. Yeah. obviously there are instances <laughs> in which, in which um, parenting can also strain a marriage. And I, I think, or maybe the, the best thing to, the best way to frame it is that parenting will strain a marriage. Right. And then yeah. how do you react to that? Our strain? marriage has definitely faced strains because of our parenting. Uh, so yeah, I think it is sort of, how do you respond to the strain? Do you use it as an opportunity to grow and to mature together? Or do you let the strain drive you further apart? And, um, I'm sure we're guilty of some, in, you know, in micro instances, letting that strain drive us further apart. But I think we've done, we've tried to be very conscious of that and to be on the same page when we're, when we're parenting and to use that strain constructively to drive us closer together as we recognize that we are in this shared parental mission together and we can share the burdens with each other and lift each other up and provide mutual encouragement and have the same approach to parenting when we encounter all these different types of challenges with our kids. Yeah, and actually in two weeks, we're going to release an episode about marriage and being human in honor of Valentine's Day. Ooh, teaser. We won't talk too much about that today. Um, So what does all this mean? I Mm. think the bottom line is that parenting is an opportunity. It's not just an obligation. Right. And part of the way that we can get through being in the trenches is to see it as an opportunity, to not just see it as biding time or this thing that we have to get through or something that we... Yeah, that we just want, we just want to kind of get through this and, and get out on the other side of it and see the light at the end of the tunnel. But it's actually this opportunity that we have not only to form our own character, character, but to form the character of our children. And, but that's not going to happen unless we welcome that opportunity. Yeah. And I think you're really good at this, Sally, is realizing that every moment is an opportunity. And it's not just that you are living the opportunity of being a parent, but that every day. I already mentioned every day you have an opportunity to, to try again in parenting. You, you yeah. will fail time and time again, but every morning you have an opportunity to try again. Every hour. It's and like I, and I every think hour that, I just need to forget the last hour and all my mistakes of the last hour and just think, okay, I can't dwell on that. I just need to start over again. Mm-hmm. And what can I do in this hour? And I think that you're very good at, and you've helped me think about this a lot, is realizing that every moment we have together with our children is an opportunity to form them. And so we try to not, we try to not think of, um, family activities together as things to just pass the time. We try not to think how can we pass the time between now and bedtime or now and dinner or whatever. Instead, we try to think how can we we best use the time? How can we best redeem the time? It doesn't mean that we always need to be, always need to 100% have our focus on our children, but I think it means that we just need, we just need to try as best we can to be conscious about how we're having our children spend their time and how we're spending our time vis-a-vis our children. Yeah, and I think um, so practically that, can look like working with your spouse or your co-caregiver to schedule downtime and time together without the kids. Right. I think it needs to look like that because you can't have the, the approach that every second of every day that your children are awake needs to be spent 100% on them. That's not realistic and that's not real life. And it doesn't really, 
you know, raising your children with that self-centered view of the world for them doesn't do them any favors either. So you do need to definitely be conscious about scheduling time away from them, time, you know, downtime for you individually as a parent and downtime for you and your co-parent um, to spend some time together away from the kids. It's good for the kids and it's really good for you. You can rest, you can recharge, you can work on your marriage or your relationship and you can come back to the parenting framework ready to refreshed yeah refreshed and ready to go yeah and i think it's good for kids to see their parents taking care of themselves to have see their mom taking care of herself taking the time to take care of herself their yeah. dad taking care of himself whatever that looks like or um for families where the two parents are married to see them taking care of their marriage and focusing on each other right um, I, another, I think another one oh, yeah. is to communicate about parenting techniques and we talked about this a little bit but there are a lot of parenting philosophies out there and a lot of approaches and it's not, you know, we, we're not of the school that one size fits all that, you know, if you were to ask us about the parenting techniques that we've decided on for our children, first of all, they wouldn't necessarily be the same from child to child because situations can vary even within one household. But we also wouldn't say that everything we're doing is going to work for you. But what is important is that you, that you're on the same page, that, yeah, that you and your co-parent are on the same page with how you're going to raise your children and what, family policies you're going to have um, for a couple reasons. One, you give your children some consistency across the board um, with both of their caregivers. Two, um, you, uh, you show a united front. Right. You show, you show united front. And you don't you don't ever have an opportunity to undercut the other. Um, I remember as a kid, my parents were good about this, but I remember trying to, you know, my mom was was more disciplinarian than my father. And they, they were always on the same front, always on the same page. They didn't undercut sure, each other. Sure, but every kid's still going to try to find yeah. those, you know, weaknesses think, or whatever. I think in most, in most marriages, there's going to be like a softy and, and the disciplinarian. So my dad was more of the softy and I would uh, sometimes, you know, get a, get a no from my mom that I didn't like. And then I would go to my dad or when I told on myself, because I knew that I would otherwise be told on by my siblings, I would go to my dad, tell on myself and preempt my siblings from telling on me to my mom so that he would give me a softer punishment. Um, but all that to say, they were still united front on the the policies and every kid I think is going to be savvy enough to recognize any, any hint of disparity. Any tiny in, breakdown in communication. <laughs> yeah. And it'll happen. I mean, I think you again, can't beat yourself up, but I think again, time dedicated with your spouse uh, or co-parent to figuring out how you're going to be on the same page and how you're going to present a united front is going to pay dividends for you and your children. And that just that comment that you um, just made about how, you know, don't beat yourself up. I think that's what, what we should hit on before we finish here. Definitely. Is just that you aren't perfect. No one's perfect. We're all human. And that's what this podcast is about being human. And we, we shouldn't, um, I definitely suffer from scrupulosity and just try to, beat myself up over the ways that I'm not perfect, but we just have to remember that it's actually good for our kids to see us not being perfect and, um, and to, you know, to help them work through their own imperfections by working through our imperfections. So bottom line is parenting in the trenches is hard, but it actually can make us more human if we welcome that as an opportunity and not just an obligation. Just to hit on that real quick. I think, um, the two reasons why it's good for kids to see you be imperfect is one Kids might otherwise be tempted to think that they're perfect. Um, and when they see you as a parent modeling why it's a good thing to actually not be perfect, they because you know, every kid wants to be like their parents, right? And so if, if the kid sees the parent always being perfect, they're going to, I think, tend towards um, having that idea of perfection and thinking that is a desirable thing because that's how mom and dad are or mom 
um, mom and dad present themselves to be. So I need to try to do that as well. And it, and it sort of decreases room for the child to be vulnerable and the child to um, try and fail and be imperfect. The second reason is I think maybe a different personality in a child might tend to get discouraged because they always seem wrong and the parent always seems right when there are disagreements. And so it's important, I think, for a parent to look at a child and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? I'm sorry, I you know, I didn't, I didn't hear you correctly and I made the wrong decision here or sorry, I yelled, right. I, I yelled at, I yelled in this instance, whatever. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And I think that vulnerability in the parent is a great way of modeling that humility for a child and encouraging them, whether, whether they tend towards perfection or scrupulosity, I think, um, uh, it's, it's a good thing for a child to hear. All right. All you parents out there, Weigh in, let us know how parenting makes you more human and, uh, or just give us your feedback and encouragement. We would love that. Yeah. We'd love to hear what you think of this episode. Like I said, and well, actually I think Sally said this in the beginning, we're definitely not experts. The only reason that we think it's worthwhile to talk about these things in the podcast is not because we think we've figured it all out, but because we've, um, spent a lot of time thinking about this and we know we have a lot more to learn, but just the process of talking it out and then hearing from listeners about what we've missed or, um, what else we can share is, I think, uh, at least hopefully, a beneficial exercise for all of you. We know it is for us. It's, it helps us process our thoughts on these things by talking it out and putting it out there for uh, for uh, other people to listen to and then let us know what they think. So thank you so much for listening. Um, you can reach out to us at VernacularPod on Instagram or on Twitter or through email at Zach and Sally at VernacularPodcast.com. Um, let us know what you think. Share this episode with friends and family. If anyone is struggling in the trenches like we often are, please feel free to share this with them and send us or send them our support and uh, let us know they can reach out if they have any questions or want to want to just get some, uh, I don't know, some constructive uh, support, I guess, from someone else who's in that same boat. So we'd love to chat with anybody at any time. We've got some few, some cool things coming up. Uh, we are going to be doing a book club episode. The Vernacular Book Club is coming back. So if you listen to our book club at all. Three years ago? Two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah, two years ago. We did four books over the course of four months. So it was a, it was a pretty relaxed pace for reading. But uh, our first book in the book club is going to be George Orwell's 1984. We're going to be doing that in uh, probably about a month or so. Um, and that'll be a great conversation. Hopefully you can join us. So if you're hearing this now... Go ahead and start 1984. It's not too long of a read. It's about 300 pages or so. Um, you can read it in a, in a few days, I think. So check that out. Um, lots of good stuff. We'll be talking about that in a future episode. Sally also mentioned we are uh, going to be doing a marriage episode in honor of Valentine's Day. So uh, you can look out for that as well. And we're also going to be having on Josh and Maureen Goldman of our sister podcast, The Popcast, to talk about pop culture stuff. That uh, The topic is actually TBD. I was texting Josh about it this morning. So we'll see, uh, but it'll be a fun episode. It always is when we when we go on with them. It's uh, past the season now, but we did a fun Christmas movies podcast with them on the podcast feed. Uh, best Christmas best Christmas movies of all time. You can go check that out on the podcast. Check out uh, Josh and Maureen's work wherever you get your pop podcasts. It's called the Popped Cast. It's a mouthful. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Do we have anything else, Sally? I don't is that think it? so. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thanks so much for listening. Like I said, at Vernacular Pod on Instagram. Or uh, Zach and Sally at Vernacular Podcast. Also at Vernacular Pod on Twitter. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. All right. For Vernacular Podcast, I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. Have a great week.
when I'm by your side.